here we go. Man School Musing Podcast number four. I got my uh, co-host, as always, across from me, Chad the Jet Barlow. What's up? And me, your host, Aaron A.A. Ron Santini, pastor of the Crossing Church here in Fort Collins, Colorado. You know, this is number four. I'm gonna. I was thinking about this. You know, that's the nickname I gave you, yeah. the Jet. I wonder if that's gonna gonna have people start calling you the Jet. I think we did that on on the the Crossing podcast on Crosscast, and someone in Michigan kind of wrote in and called you the Jet because I made oh, a mention. Really? Of that. Yeah, Joe. I think it was oh, Joe. Joe Crawford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they called you Chad the Jet hey, Barlow. I, I hope that sticks, man. I wouldn't be opposed to that. That's a great nickname. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yep. Chad the Jet Barlow. I've been calling you A.A. Ron for yeah. a couple of years now. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of, obviously, it's not unique to me because there's a great, I don't know what you call it, video skit or something yeah, like that. Key, key and Peel. Key and Peel, A.A. Ron. <laughs> awesome. When I go to restaurants and something or a coffee shop and they ask me for my name, you know, sometimes I don't think... The people working there are the sharpest tools in the shed. And you say Aaron, they can spell it all kinds of different ways. Mm. So I'll say Aaron or A-A-Ron. And some of them start immediately laughing. They know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. And, that, and then when I, when I see that, I know that there's a connection. Yeah. There. And I can take it a step farther. <laughs> and we can, we can have a conversation. Others just look at me with a blank stare like, what? And I'm just like, That's a Dude. great tactic of whether if you want to engage socially or <laughs> right, not. If right. you laugh, then we can talk. <laughs> right. It's like, have, get a little joy in your life, man. Go, go watch this video here. Yeah. Who knows? Funny. Probably the cancel culture. That'll probably be canceled here soon. So yeah. if you haven't seen it, there is, a, I think, a little language in it. At one, oh, I think he okay. I can't remember it. Yeah, stick my foot, me. Or kick, it's, kick your butt, or something like that. Oh, but, okay, but it's yeah. it's it's good humor. It's for adults, but it's good stuff. <laughs> All right, uh, but anyways, here we are. Uh, our vision uh, for the Man School Musing podcast is uh, to transform every man at the crossing and beyond. Whoever listens to this podcast into the men that we are designed, called, and gifted to be as we follow Jesus. That's our whole heartbeat and the desire for this podcast. It's a it's obviously supplement to, to scriptures and church and fellowship, but uh, it's just something that lessons that I've learned, lessons that Chad has learned along the way of being men. And uh, we want to look at the Bible and, and see what it what we're called to as men. What is biblical manhood? And so that's just what this is. That's what this podcast is all about. And today we're going to finish up uh, the commands of manhood from the Apostle Paul, the ones that he gave us in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Uh, we just got through one last week because we had a little bit longer introduction, mm-hmm. like who are some men that have influenced you and why. Mm-hmm. And uh, we looked at uh, be watchful. Paul commands us to be watchmen, uh, to be alert, to be on guard, to be situationally aware of what's going on around you physically and spiritually. The, the idea of a watchman is you're standing on the wall of your life, and your job as a man is to be alert and on guard, ready to protect those in your circles of influence. Uh, the enemy, you're looking out uh, in the yonder, and you, the enemy is coming. You want to be prepared to sound the alarm, blow the trumpet, as we looked at in Ezekiel 33. Uh, first and foremost, with your own life, yourself, and then those that you're responsible for, you know, your wife, your kids, uh, your family, uh, your friends, uh, because we know there is a real live enemy out there with his little minions uh, trying to steal, kill, and destroy us. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at that. If you want to get more in-depth on that, look at podcast number three of Act Like Men. But today we're going to finish out uh, the remaining four. Uh, and we're going to begin with uh, the second command that Paul gives us, the second imperative, act like a man, stand firm. He says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith. So Paul issues, a, again, a second order here, a second command imperative of what it means to, to be a man in his book, uh, to stand firm. To stand firm means to be steadfast, to be immovable, right? And it gives us the place in which we're to do that. 
On what are we to be steadfast? On what are we to be immovable? And he says, in the faith. In the faith. I love this quote. I got this from a commentary. It says this, As a soldier swears to the, uh, and lives to protect our nation from our enemies, a Christian man swears and lives to protect the purity of God's word. The gospel and the Christian worldview. Amen. That's and so quote. that's yeah. that's a great quote, and yeah. that's, that's that's what Paul is commanding us to stand firm in the faith, the faith. And so, a godly man has an unwavering commitment to Scripture. Amen. I think that's what Paul is saying here. Yes. And obviously, as as you were, we were just talking about these commands, they're they're general, they're 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 very wide, and we we look at them wide, and then we go deep and. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the overall principle is that a godly man has an unwavering commitment to scriptures. Chad, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you believe this? All right, here's a question. Okay. Right godly living flows from right doctrine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so do we. Yes. I mean, that's a, it's a, that's a no-brainer. Right living comes from right doctrine. Um, Titus, in Titus chapter 1, it says, uh, they profess to know God, but they deny them by their works. So they profess to know God. That's doctrine. They said, this is, this is what we know. This is what we profess. But you look at their lives, it's not lived out. So obviously their doctrine was wrong. They were in error because right doctrine leads to right living. And that's what Titus does. He then he goes into chapter 2, and he shows us. He says, but of each of you uh, live and teach what accords with sound doctrine. And then he gives us examples of what sound doctrine is. So, so right Living flows from right doctrine, or sound living, biblical living, f- flows from sound doctrine or biblical doctrines. And so that's what we're talking about here. And we're living in a culture, I think you would also agree with me on this chat, that, uh, that says that if it works for you, it must be true. Right? Hmm. I mean, the, it's built on subjectivity yep. out there. Our culture is built on subjectivity, where the goalposts keep moving and very few people live by conviction. I mean, holy cow, we can just look at the COVID situation over the last year and see how many times the goalposts have moved on what to do, what not to do, what is true, what is not true. I mean, just in that sphere, let alone as we look to what it means to be a man and how to live in this world. And so there's a lot of subjectivity out there where for the Christians, it's not subjective. We are called to stand firm in the faith, in the scriptures. Um, again, an unwavering commitment to the Scriptures. And so what does that mean? It, it means that as Christian men, I think this is something as, we, again, we live in the culture, but we really need to step up big time. We really need to carry this torch. This, this banner needs to be over us as we are, are leading the charge, that we are standing firm in the faith. We need to stand firm on the Scripture, the gospel, the Christian worldview that we get in our context, in our, our circles of influence. So what does that mean, stand firm in the faith? Well, what is the faith? Well, first and foremost, it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. we got to know what the gospel is, first and foremost. we got to know what the attributes of God are, who He is, uh, how He operates, what are His characteristics. we got to understand sin and how sin affects us. we got to understand forgiveness and grace. We need to know what it means to be a vital member of a local church, to be in community, uh, to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Uh, we need to uh, know the importance of how to manage our finances, what a biblical man is. We need to know the Bible because the Bible answers everything that pertains to life and godliness. This is what we need to stand firm in. So what we see is this is a lifelong endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just not going to wake up and get it. We're going to, you know, we're born again, we're born into the faith, and then we begin our journey to understand what it means to stand firm in the faith. And it's a constant process of us growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we primarily do that through the written word. 
Yeah, amen. Through his word. I mean, because we look around us, I was just looking at just again, the confusion, the hypocrisy, the chaos of what happens when our culture forsakes the written word and goes after the wisdom of men. You know, it, it just gets crazy out there. And this is a couple of things that I thought of. I thought of a, a couple of years ago, uh, I think it might have been 2015, 2016 or something. You're watching the ESP, uh, ESPN ESPY Awards. This is the last time I watched the ESPN ESPY Awards, by the way. <laughs> and uh, they gave Bruce Jenner Woman of the Year. Do you remember <laughs> that? Did you ever remember that? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, he's a track guy. So he was a track guy, yeah. phenomenal track guy. Yeah. I mean, the greatest athlete. I think what what Olympics was it? Maybe 1979. Yeah, I don't know. Or something like that. He won the decathlon. He won the decathlon gold medal. The greatest athlete yeah. at, at that point. I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete. Um, and then, of course, you know, he changed his name to Caitlin and, and that whole deal. And and that was just a crazy time because what it shows is that this country is not is is not walking on a razor's edge anymore. We have fallen over. Mm-hmm. The culture has fallen over. Yep. And and here's the deal with 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 Bruce Jenner. You know, when a biological man wins Women of the Year, we need to pray for that guy because yeah. he's been deceived. And yeah. so um, we need to be praying for that. My my daughter, uh, who's a junior in high school, here has uh, come in contact with a couple. Uh, individuals one uh you know a girl you know wants to become a man and vice versa a man that wants to become a girl and and we've had some really serious talks about this and how she's got to you know love and serve with grace and truth Mm -hmm. um with these individuals because um you know in romans chapter one it talks about god giving them over to their lusts and passions that's a tough deal so we need to be praying for these individuals but again the point is, is the point is our culture when we move away from scripture we start to go down just some different paths. When the Supreme Court a number of years ago refi- redefined marriage, yep. that's crazy. I, that. I mean, you think about that. Yep. We're the first generation of the first country in the history of the world that has changed the definition of marriage between a man and a woman. It's yeah. insanity. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and again, it just it just shows that it just shows what happens when our culture forsakes the Scripture, when we don't stand firm in the faith. Um, and so what Paul is commanding us to do, you and me, is to be immovable in the faith. That's what we want to do. We want to be immovable in the Scripture. And so what does that look like? Well, it looks like a couple things. One, it looks like that um, we as men, as individuals, just need to open our Bibles on a daily basis. We need to be guided and directed by the Word, um, Scripture. Uh, Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. And it's just something that we need to be uh, meditating on in a different in a, on a daily basis, and that takes form in all different kinds of ways. You know, maybe in a second here, you can kind of tell us how you do it in our life, but for me, uh, sometimes it's a quiet time. Uh, obviously, I'm a pastor, so I spend, you know, hours upon hours in the text of Scripture, and I'm constantly meditating on uh, that Scripture, but um, I also have other books that I'm reading and other Scriptures that I'm memorizing, so it's not always just to sit down with my Bible and look over a text and sit and meditate on it. Sometimes I'm driving in the car, and I'm just I'm, I'm singing a song about Psalm 46 by Shane and Shane. Oh, that's a good one. Man, and so I'm meditating mm-hmm. on the Scripture there. So there's a variety of ways. But one, you just want to be in the Word as an individual on a consistent basis. Uh, and there's many ways to do that. One, you want to be a part of a church, a local church that preaches the Bible, right? Yeah. I think it might have been you. I had it in my notes. I don't know if I said this and you picked up on it, but I'm going to give you credit for this. Okay. Well, that you want to go to a church that preaches expositionally, you know, through books of the Bible. Um, you don't want to go to a church that... Um, that could be confused with a TED Talk that just throws some scripture in there. <laughs> yeah. 
right? Yeah. That's you. That was you. Yeah, I said that recently, said that. but I, I probably didn't invent that. No, I, I probably think you heard did. that from You're a sharp dude. <laughs> That's what that public school education gets you from the University of Oregon. Oh, yeah, I learned a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. You want, you want to go to a church that, that uh, uh, looks to the Word of God as the lifeblood mm-hmm. that's built on, yeah, that proclaims the gospel, that teaches Old Testament books and New Testament books, just not hobby horse sermons, mm-hmm. that, that go through books of the Bible so that you actually have to engage with all that it says. Yeah. All Scripture is God-breathed. The, the, the great passages and the joy passages that we want to talk about, but also the tough passages. Yeah, totally. And so uh, you want to be involved in the church. And second, you want to teach the Bible. The best way to get the Bible and stand firm in the faith is, 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 is understanding it, but then giving it away, is teaching it, mm-hmm. is training someone else, is <clears throat> discipling someone else. Yeah. You know, in any, any um, job that you do, the best way to learn it is to teach it. And that's what we want to do. If we want to be men who stand firm in the faith on the Scripture, then we must be guys that consume God's Word and then give it away and teach it. Amen. So what do you, what do you kind of do for, you know? I'm, a, I'm a, usually a pretty early morning kind of guy. Okay. Sometimes people can feel like that's a rule. I'm not saying that's a rule, but that's the way I like mm-hmm. to do it. So I've been up actually this week. I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. Not that I think my performance right. is earning me salvation, right. but been up early in the word i'm going through a a yearly bible reading plan okay good um so some mornings and maybe i'm gonna if i'm up real early i'm gonna read like 10 chapters and i'm sprinting you know i'm just reading through the bible getting to know the word i'm I'm still young enough man like i still just feel like i just want to keep cruising through but then some mornings i'll slow down i'm studying hebrews with some guys so i'll just like take one chapter and like for an hour hour and a half i'm just reading that one chapter a few verses over and over again? Yeah, over yep. and over yep. again. And then I got this sweet app called Dwell. A lot of people have heard of it. It's just okay. an audio Bible. So I'll go on a walk if the weather's nice, and yep. sometimes I'll put that on. Bingo. And then some nights I'll read before bed. I'm reading a really good um, fiction series right now called The Wing Feather Saga that's taking right. precedence at night before bed. But there you go. when that's over, I'll probably get back to reading my Bible at night I also. yeah. I love it. So you're, you're engaging with the Scriptures in multiple different ways. Yeah. And that's the point is, just engage with the scriptures. Yeah. That's what Paul's saying. Yeah. That leads us to the third uh, in a imperative command to be a man, to be a biblical man, is be a man. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Verse 13. It's a profound. <laughs> it's a profound thought. Paul, thanks, man. But in this day and age, it is, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. I mean, Paul tells us right here, act like men. So what does it mean to act like a man? Well, it means, one, don't act like a woman. And we could, we could spend a whole podcast on that. But... Um, the word here, the, the verb here that Paul is commanding us, it means to be courageous. It means mm. to be brave. Um, have a spine and stand in the gap for, you know, your family, friends, your family, your friends, uh, convictions that you have about Scripture. You know, be courageous in dialogue, etc. There's There's numbers of ways in which uh, this... This command can work out in our lives. As you said, this just being courageous. What does that look like to be courageous? Well, it could be a number of different things that could be uh, courageous. Um, one, one thing that I was thinking about is, in particular with young men, is, is I think uh, young men need to be more courageous in taking on responsibility <laughs> at a younger age. Yeah, amen. Um, and and there's, there's a number of different examples that I could think of, but I, I, I looked up uh, like marriage. Uh, now, p- most men are called to be married. Not every man. There's some categories in Scripture that says that some men are called to be single. And amen, that's a, that's a great calling if that's you. But most men are going to get married, have a desire 
uh, to get married. That's a good biblical um, uh, gift is a, is a, is a wife. Um, but, but men are putting it off more and more mm-hmm. in our culture. In the 1950s, the average age of men getting married was 22. Yeah. So that was, what, 70 years ago yeah. almost? Yeah. My math's correct? That's great, man. Today? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I did pick my degree on, hey, what is the least me math I have too. to take? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and they said communications. I'm like, yeah, they give told me, me the, sociology. All right, give me that. My, my minor is in sociology. All right. There we go. We're, we're, we're jiving. Um, but 2018. Like Most thirty-four men, or something like well, that. Well, it's thirty. Thirty, yeah, yeah. which is massive. Mm, yeah, it's massive. So, 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 young men are pushing off responsibility um, because I think they're afraid. Yeah, a lot. Uh, there's, there's other factors, of course, but I think one of them is this: they're, they're afraid. They don't want to take on responsibility and what it means to to provide and protect someone else and others. Well, because of the culture is bombarding that, and I, I think there's some, you know, again. They're, the culture's driving men in a different way. and But anyways, that's a whole other another story. So uh, I want to kind of go down this because I think this lines up with Paul, what he said earlier in 1 Corinthians 13. I think this is the context in which we kind of need to read this Be Courageous. There's, there's a couple ways, but I think this way in particular is, again, with responsibility because Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So I think when we say, what does it mean to be a man, to be courageous? Well, it means don't be a child. Grow up. Be mature. And that's why I'm saying take on responsibility. Don't be irresponsible. Take on responsibility with your time, your talents and treasures and what God has given you. And so that's kind of the path I want to take this down because I think we have a major problem in our culture with our young men. They're just... They're just not taking on responsibility. And again, I think there's a handful of factors in that. One is not having a father who's training them up to take on responsibility. Uh, um, and But two, I think the second biggest factor is that this whole idea and how we view our culture views adolescence. This kind of this stage in between being a, uh, being a boy and being a man, there's a stage in between called adolescence. And... Um, I think it's been it's been pretty confusing because in most cultures outside of the United States of America or maybe we say Western civilization, Western civilization, um, there's a, there's usually a distinct thing that happens that transfers a boy to a man. Right. Yeah. It could be their age. It could be puberty in that age. Deal. It could be an event, you know, some sort of rite of passage. Mm-hmm. But there's a definite demarcation where it's like, OK, you've crossed over from being a boy to a man now. But in our culture, we don't have that. Yeah, we don't have that. And so um, uh, I was reading this book in 2010, this church planning book that called these men, you read this book. Banned. Banned. B-A-N. It's a boy. Boy, it's a man. man. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 this, it's, this, it's this person, this is, well, this man or young man or, or this band, you know, someone that's uh, <laughs> a boy and man put together. They have the immaturity of a boy, but the responsibility of a man. You know, and we and we see this all over. Now, again, there's a number of different examples that we could go. But again, I want to take this down the, the road or example of being a man is taking responsibility and contrasting what it means looks like as a boy and what it looks like as a man. And let me, here's a couple thoughts that I that came to mind as we contrast this. A boy is irresponsible with their time where men, biblical men, redeem the time for they understand the days are evil. Mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter five. They understand that that the, 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 the boys are irresponsible with their time. They spend hours playing Minecraft, <laughs> Call of Duty, mm-hmm. right? 
uh, and a bunch of other things where men, biblical men, they have fun. Ain't nothing wrong playing some video games, right? Yeah. Uh, I actually just had my son download Donkey Kong this past uh, Christmas break. <laughs> there we go. 1981 <laughs> Donkey Kong. And, you know, here they are. They got these controllers with like 15,000 things on them. And I'm just like, let's just play some Donkey Kong. And I'm dominating Donkey Kong. Dominating. There we go. They can't get it done. We just got like, we got a button for jump and we got a little joystick that moves you up, down, all around. That's where you like jump over the barrels. And oh, stuff yeah. It's and awesome. Save the princess. Yeah. It's, the, it's one of the best games ever. <laughs> save the princess. And I'm dominating them fools. So there's nothing wrong with having fun and playing video games, but that I don't spend seven hours a day playing that thinking like I'm going to change the world. Right. That's what boys do. Men, they redeem the time. They understand that they've been called uh, and given gifts and talents, and they use those. They don't, they don't, they don't let them, um, they don't, they're not irresponsible with their talents. They, they work hard at their jobs. They work hard at school. They, they take care of, first, they take care of their family. They take care of their kiddos. They, they live in a, with, a, in, a, in a bigger, with a view, with a bigger story, the story of redemption. They understand there's work to be done. And that time is, again, it's time is short. And so, therefore, we got to, to be on guard. So, so boys are irresponsible time. Men, uh, they redeem the time. Another thing is boys are irresponsible, as I already mentioned to you, with their gifts and their talents, where men use their talents to build the kingdom of God. Right? We think of boys, they're, they're selfish with their talents and their gifts. They, everything they want to uh, do or use their gifts for is for themselves. Uh, they're not primarily concerned with others, where in biblical manhood, a man understands that the gifts that they have been given are to be used for the glory of God and for others. Yes, for themselves, but for the glory of God and others. They take, they take bold steps of faith. You know, they're part of a, a church community that they use their gifts to bless others and to strengthen that church. So, so boys are irresponsible with their gifts and talents, and men use their talents to build the kingdom of God. And finally, a third one is boys are irresponsible with their treasures, and men use their treasures to bless. You know, most times boys are, they're irresponsible, their treasures are spending everything, all their time, all their money on themselves, and, they're, and it's selfish. But men, um, yeah, they spend a little bit of money on themselves. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but they also understand that they've been given a, a role by God to bless others, to use their resources to provide for others, to protect others, to bless others. I love what uh, uh, Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. He says this, he says, let each of you not only look on his own interests. So I says, hey, yeah, it's okay to look at your own. You got to take care of yourself. Obviously, mm-hmm. first and foremost, you take care of someone else. That's a good principle. But he says, not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, a biblical man does. That's what a, being a man does. He takes on responsibility and he uses his, his uh, time, he uses his, his talents, and he uses his treasures to further the kingdom of God and those around them. So that's what it means to, to, to be a man. And, and again, there's a number of different ways that we can talk about being courageous, but I think that's just a huge one for our young men, and we need to be teaching our young men from a very early age. you got little Zeke. How old is little Zeke now? Four. Four years old. You're teaching him how to be a man right now at four years old and taking on responsibility, cleaning up your room, mm-hmm. taking your toys back, you know, um, as he gets older and understands, you know, showing uh, adults respect. Yeah. You know, oh, he's learning that one. Already. He's learning Especially that one. I mean, mommy and baby sister. Uh, man, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the third characteristic Paul tells us. Uh, if we want to be biblical men and walk in biblical manhood, we need to be a man. Yeah. I mean, be courageous. Quick thought there. That yes. We've already said, but man, if you look at the culture, if you, if you ask this culture, like, okay, 
what does it mean to act, to act like a man? You're going to get tons of different answers yeah. that are mostly going to be like wrong and not glorifying <laughs> to God. Right. And maybe some common grace, you know, some guys like Jordan Peterson or you, yeah. you like Jocko. Jocko Willink. Will, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get some good common grace truths yeah. from those guys, but yeah. it's just a reminder to go back to the word. The Absolutely. word says a lot about what it means to be a man. Yes, it does. And that's where we need to learn, yep. you know, from, from the word and from godly men who we respect, who we know, we trust, you know, you're following Christ. So I'm going to follow you as you follow Christ. Exactly. Because that's right. how I'm going to learn how to be a man. Amen. And we look ultimately, as we've been saying since day one of this podcast, that we ultimately look on or look to Jesus yeah. as the perfect man. Yeah. And if we want to, again, that's why this whole podcast exists, is we want to be biblical men, so we want to learn what it means to act like a man, look at Jesus' life, mm-hmm. and all the attributes and characteristics. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're unpacking here. So amen. Yeah, and that leads us to our fourth fourth uh, category, or fourth command, to act like a man is be strong. Be strong. Now, this one's a little bit different. and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I love this command. 1 Corinthians 16 13, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Be strong. Paul says to be strong. A better translation would actually be strengthened uh, because this command is in what's called the passive voice. This verb is in the, the passive voice. It means to be made strong. In other words, this action is happening to us. So it's something outside of us that is strengthening us. This is not some internal will or internal determination that we have that we can muster up. Mm-hmm. No, what Paul is saying is like you need to be strengthened. Something from outside you, if you're going to be a man and be and fulfill biblical manhood, that you need to be strengthened uh, by something outside of you. And I love this because um, this hits us uh, all in our pride. <laughs> this puts us all on a level pra- yeah, playing most guys field. Are like, as okay, men. so how much do I have to deadlift to <laughs> right. obey that command? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. That's great. I love it. How much do I got to bench press? Yeah. Right, right. No, that's exactly it. I mean, this puts us all on a level playing field. It says it doesn't matter who you are as a man, that you need some help. You need some help. And this is why, again, why we fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to be strengthened. We need a strength that comes outside of us so that we can fulfill these commands and fulfill what Christ has called us to do. Jesus knew we couldn't do it on our own, no matter how gifted or determined um, we are or we think we are, because he knows that we will eventually fall. We'll eventually come to the end of our determination, the end of our will, something that we cannot uh, handle and that will crush us. Every man has his breaking point, mm-hmm. and and this is why he 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 again he, he he has us fix on this this truth of being strengthened, being strong, and the reason why is we can't do it on our own because man on our best day is still man. Mm-hmm. Amen. Man on our best day is still man. Uh, apart from Christ, uh, you know we can do nothing. The Scripture says, but if we're but if we're a part of Christ. If we're tapped into Christ, if we're a branch that's a part of the vine, Mm -hmm. the vine being Jesus, then we're going to bear much fruit. Mm -hmm. And really, this is what separates non-believing men from believing men, is this this access to supernatural power, the Holy Spirit. So again, Jesus knew this, and he sent us the Holy Spirit so that we can live out these commands. It's the Holy Spirit that, that, that provides strength for us, that gives us instruction and gives us the ability to live out that instruction. And where Jesus guides, he provides. And he provides us, God the Father and God the Son, Jesus provide us with God the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It's to your advantage that I go away. 
This is Jesus speaking. Yeah. He says, it's to your advantage, Chad, yeah. that I go away. It's crazy. I love that. Passage. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're my Lord and you're my Savior. You know, you're the creator of this universe. What, what do you mean it's to my advantage? You go away. No, I need you here. And he goes on and says, for if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And the thing that's beautiful about that, the, the, the advantage is, is that if Jesus was still walking on this earth, when he was walking on this earth, even though there's this, this mystery, he's, he's fully God and fully man. As he was walking on this earth, he was, he was uh, located in one area. He couldn't be on, uh, omnipresent like he is, uh, God the Father spirit. is, through his spirit. Right? <clears throat> so now he sends us the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. So we are all the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he dwells with all of us, which is a beautiful uh, thought. I heard, I heard one say, like, Jesus inside us is better than Jesus beside us. Because mm. yeah. like, Kind of like you said, because he's, yep. he's inside all of us, Correct. not just in one place. So. Yep, the whole, yep yeah. through the Holy Spirit. Yep. Third member of the Trinity, which is awesome. Again, there's a bunch of mystery there, but it's good stuff. Uh, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And this Holy Spirit came upon the church when Jesus ascended. So it's yeah. exactly said, I must go away. So I sent it to the Father. Jesus sent it to the Father, and then he sent us his Spirit. And when he sent us the Spirit, it, said, it says in Acts that, the, the, that they received power. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have this thought in Ephesians 6.10 as well, where it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength, strength of, of his, his might. Yeah, Amen. That's a good one. And it's not, it's be strengthened in the Lord. How? In the strength of his might. It's his might that strengthens us, not our own will and determination. So as men, we are again to be connected to the vine. When we're connected to the vine, Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, gives us a supernatural power, um, i.e. in the, the form of uh, God, the Holy Spirit, uh, who enables us to walk and, and gives us the power to walk in these commands and these truths. And for me, I don't know about you, but when I, there's, there's a number of thoughts that go through my mind that understand that I don't have the capability, the ability, or the will, or the determination alone uh, to do this. And what this does is it, it really it humbles me. Yeah. It causes me to swallow my pride. It, hel- it humbles me to look for help. And, when, and here's what I love. When I'm walking in humility, C.J. Mahaney pointed this out in his book, Humility. When I'm walking in humility, it does something. It draws the gaze and power of the sovereign God, C.J. Mahaney says. That's awesome. What could you want more? What could you want more? And he quotes Isaiah 66. He says, All these things I have made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one I will look. This is the one who the Lord will look. He who is humble was the first one. Contrite. Contrite. And who fears my word. Oh, yeah. And we already talked about fearing his word, right? Being standing firm in the faith. Contrite means compassion. You know, be aware. You know, almost be like a watchman. Be aware of the surroundings around you and have compassion for people uh, and others, but then also who's humble. That draws the gaze and the power of the sovereign God, C.J. Mahaney says. You know what I'm thinking, too, about this be strengthened uh, rhetorical question. Does God do anything that's not for his own glory? Uh, Of course not. Of course not. So if we could live the abundant life, the joyful and abundant life that only a Christian can live in our own strength, who would get the glory? Me, you, in our own strength. Yes. But because we have to rely on him to be good husbands and fathers and leaders, he gets the glory. And when we're weak, he's strong, his power is perfected in weakness. So that's the great place to be because he gets the glory and we get the joy and the strength. And Exactly right. Yeah. Great thought. Great thought. Yeah, I want to sum up this and kind of along those lines. When we walk in humility, 
then we receive the same power of God who created the heavens and the earth that gives me the courage, the confidence, and the strength to live out these commands, um, to be strengthened. So that's number number four, be strong. And that leads us finally to the last one, act like a man, be loving. Act like a man, be loving. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. What's that word all in the Greek mean? All. All. <laughs> that was a good guess. <laughs> it means everything. It means all. So if, we're, if we find our strength and we're strengthened by the Holy Spirit, then our motivation will be the heart of God the Father because the Holy Spirit only proclaims or, or teaches what is on the heart of the Father and the heart of Christ, and that is love. So biblical manhood is motivated by the love of God in Christ Jesus. It's motivated by love. We know this. This is the greatest commandment, the great commandment, right? It's in Matthew 22, Mark 12, Luke 10, John 3, to love the Lord God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so, again, we, we talked about our vertical relationship here at the crossing, that love, live, legacy are kind of our three values, and love's number one, that we want to love the Lord God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's our vertical. And as we do that, as we're in, in good relationship with God the Father, then that's going to that's gonna inform how we serve and love in all of our horizontal relationships, how I serve and love my wife and my kids and, and the Crossing Church and mm-hmm. those I'm discipling. So it's all about love. To be a biblical man is a man who is a lover, is a man who is a lover. Now here's the thing. If I'm honest, when we talk about motivation, I'm motivated by a lot of things. I don't know about you. Um, I wish I could say, like, I'm only motivated by love. But there's a lot of things that I get motivated by. I, I, so I get motivated by fear sometimes, mm-hmm. the, the, the fear of failure, uh, the fear of man. Sometimes that motivates me. Um, I get motivated sometimes by success. I want to have success. Um, status. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, you know, I want to have a certain lifestyle, I guess. You know, I can also be motivated by pleasure. I think all these things could could add to our motivations, but Paul is saying here, man, if you want to be a biblical man, the thing that should motivate us, let all that you do be done in love. Mm-hmm. Man, if we could be just motivated by love, that could be our consistent thing. And the reason why is all these other motivational factors, they phase out. They're temporal. But love, Paul says, never, never ends. ends. It's yeah, eternal. It never, it never fails. Yeah. In John 13, just before Jesus is about to depart from this world, right? He's, he's the, it's, the, it's kind of his, the Last Supper, uh, the upper room discourse that you see in John 13, 14, 15, I think. He's about to depart. He wants his, he wants, he, he's kind of leaving his final orders with his disciples. Mm-hmm. And one, if not the main thread that he leaves is be love, be dominated by love. In John 13, 34, he says, I give a new commandment to you. That you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Mm-hmm. And that's just the main thread foundation. That's what he's motivated by. He's motivated by love. It's true 2,000 years ago when Jesus was saying his command to his disciples as much as it's true for, our, for you and me today, that we want to be lovers. So Christian men are to be men of love. As I already said, we are to be lovers, and everyone who comes in contact with us should experience love. Now, we know that's not the case. This is what we desire, and when we're focused on that, on loving, this is our motivation when our minds are staying firm in the faith and we're being uh, strengthened by the Holy Spirit, um, we're going to love. 
that's going to be our motivation. Mm-hmm. Delight yourself in the Lord. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. And our, our, our love, our desire is, to be, is going to be to love others. Because when we're in Christ, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts, Romans chapter 5, by the Holy Spirit. And we know that a fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Is love. And where love is abounding in our hearts, then that is where we are most conformed into the image of, of, of Christ from one degree or another. Why? Because God is love. Because God is love. So that's, what, that's the, the final one, and the most, you know, one of the most important ones, is uh, be loving. Let all that you do be done in love. So that wraps up the last four on what it looks like to be a, a biblical man. Any final thoughts on that? <clears throat> Yeah, maybe on that last one, I think yeah. maybe some of the more manly men, you know, the he-men, part of the he-man woman haters club from <laughs> uh, Little Rascals. Oh, oh I was some, thinking of he-man, the, the cartoon. Well, that, that too. Okay. By the power of grace, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're yeah. nerding out. Um, All right, here we go. You know, just, I don't, I don't want to make too big of an assumption, even though I am. You might hear love and you think, oh, that's soft, you know, that's, right. you know, that's soft. And remember in the context, he's just said, be strong, act like men. And it's not this soft thing to be loving. You know, right. we talked about in one of the episodes about grace and truth. And when we love people, we're going to yep. say hard things. We're going to lead yes. where we need to lead. We're going to be protectors and providers. Yes. So I, I, I'm not, a, don't assume too much that the listeners, you know, some yeah. listeners think that's, that's too soft, but just in case, like there's a way to love like a man and it's, yes. and it reflects the heart of God to be loving. So don't yes. hope, I hope no one's on that pendulum of, oh, that they're just saying, just be soft and be sissies. That's right. not no what love is. No. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus was anything but soft <laughs> yeah. and a sissy. He showed both compassion, but he also made a whip. Mm-hmm. And he whipped people out of the temple because they made a mockery of his temple. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about Jesus as the lion and the lamb. Ooh, cool. That'll yeah. be a fun one. I mean, as, as kind of, you know, as we look to Jesus, again, there's so many different attributes, but those are the two that kind of he's probably most known, mm-hmm. the, the lion of Judah and the lamb that was slain for the sins of his world. And so uh, we, you know, DC Talk a number of years ago got it right. Love is a verb. Love is an action. It's more than just a feeling or being soft or sentimental. It's an action. And um, the greatest illustration of that was obviously uh, in Romans where it says, God demonstrated his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. He went to the cross. And so uh, that's what we want to be about. We want to be men who love like Christ. And we give our lives sacrificially. And we're going to unpack that in, in other episodes to come. But this is what Paul's commands are. Uh, to us. He wants us to uh, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. So that's going to wrap up um, podcast number four. And uh, again, if you want more information about the the Crossing Church, www.thecrossingfc.org. And there you can find sermons and content and other our other podcasts, Crosscast. So yeah. uh, with that, again, Psalm 118, we always want to end with, um, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Tender and tenacious men, baby. Tender and tenacious. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>